near, far, wherever you are. I'm Dana. And I'm Megan. And dear listener, this is Scary Stories to Tell Your Sister, Campfire Edition. Like you heard in the introduction, we're continuing on with the format of last month, and we'll continue with each episode on the first of the month, have the same topic, but different surprising stories. And we will take turns telling each other the stories, and it'll be a surprise to us, dear listeners, and to you. So before we start this adventure, Megan, how are you doing today? I'm good. And just so everybody knows, this is our second take. We actually didn't even get through the first one because I, oh, I should first tell you, should we tell them what the topic is? Yeah, and actually was very, like, fortuitous what happened because we tried to record this late last night and now it is the next day afternoon. So because, go ahead. The topic for today is Home Alone stories like scary home alone stories and i had to work last night but i told dana you know what i could probably swing it we could probably record late at night after i put the little guy down and she's like okay great call me we'll do it so he's down i get ready to call dana we get started it's going we're like few stories and we we have about a total of like 15 stories to tell you guys give our take if anything happens and they happen to be the same story we'll cut and we'll make it work because we don't know so we got i did just made a story i added a story and megan was on her second story or the third story in total when it happened and i'm reading and i get to a point where i'm like It's getting to like the scary part. And all of a sudden I hear scratching at my door and then I hear the doorknob moving. And so I was like, and I called out his name because I'm thinking he's the only one else that's here. We're all alone. And sure enough, it was him. He was a little spooked. Um, Just feeling kind of lonely. So I let him come in and I told, or Dana actually was kind enough to offer doing it tomorrow, which is today. So that's what we're doing. It worked out well. It was at the moment I heard the knocking over the, over the recording, which I normally can't really hear a lot of like ambient, like noises in your background. But I heard it and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because we're in the throes of researching creepy home alone stories. And yeah, you weren't home alone, but you were home alone as the only adult with the young, the youngin. Exactly. And I am not, I, I'm an adult, but I feel like I'm not, like there should still be somebody older to protect me. Right. But what even an adult, or like I'm an, an adult for my adultness. Right. Um, the adult for the adult. Because like, yeah, even with work sometimes I'm like, Ooh, I'm the adult. Okay, cool. Make this work. But no, it worked out well because I wasn't going anywhere because yesterday a polar blast hit us. And I think before I reported with you, we needed to take Ferris out for his last walk. And normally we try to do it with a long 
family walk. No, it was we took turns walking him last night. It was negative six. Oof. And the wind chill was negative 28. Oof. Uh, and then we went to bed. I was like, oh, we, we played a game. Like, what is it now? And then we went to bed. Last time we checked at like 1030. Because honestly, Megan, you said negative. Oh, yeah, it was negative. Oh, then, my Lanta. So like we went to bed. It was negative eight. And the wind chill was negative 30. Holy crap. So, and so this morning, too, we made it so because we woke up, it was negative six still. And that's the kind of cold that goes through your bones. Oh, yeah. You you can get frostbite within 10 minutes. So when we took Ferris out in the morning, we'd go out. One of us would go out for seven minutes, come back in, and the other one would go back out for seven minutes. He's probably like, what is going on? Well, too, he's wearing his, you know, little sweatshirt. And we tried to get him boots, Megan, last night. And when I tell you, I was crying on the floor laughing the way he was walking in boots. It was like a human walking on land with sea flippers. Like the, what, what, yeah. I was like that. And because we got him, I ordered him a size that was supposed to fit him. And they said, oh, we're out of it, but we gave you the size. So they're like, if you don't like it, we need to return it. And I said, okay, it's totally fine. Don't worry about it. And it was too big for him. So he was like flipping around. I, he obviously didn't wear it outside because it wasn't safe and it didn't fit him properly, but. I Did you get a video? No, Megan. I was just literally crying. And I was talking to mom about it too. I have to do it again. Like, surprise him. Attack him with the boots and like put it on him <laughs> for two seconds for a video. If it's another cold day. But like right now it's 11 degrees, but it feels like negative two. Mm. Uh-huh. And like with, with the weather, it's dangerous. Like you can get frostbite within 10 minutes. And so we were just like really, really cautious about that and like had our heat on like a low heat because I run hot anyway. But yeah, no. So it worked out well because I was able to like go to bed early so I could have the fresh start with the day. So, right. This is what it is. And your kid's safe. So and happy. Unlike some of the people in our stories who are safe, but maybe not so happy after what happened when they were home alone. So, Megan, would you like to start this week's episode? I would. All right, here we go. I grew up in a very rural area. Our house was on the end of a dead-end road in the middle of Midwest farm country. In high school, I was in cross-country and track and found it easiest to run in the late evenings on nights when there wasn't practice. One night, which was fairly well lit by the moon, I was running the last quarter mile to my house, and I saw someone else running towards me on the road from the direction of my house. I live on a dead-end road. There is nothing but farm fields behind it, and it definitely wasn't my mom running. It surprised me so much, I stopped for a second to consider what I was seeing. I remember exactly what the runner was wearing and I watched her run about five or six strides towards me before she disappeared or blended into the night like the predator or something. (laughs) Now, I could have been exhausted or dehydrated, I guess, but I've run a lot farther and a lot longer than I did that night without seeing anyone materialize and evaporate. I never did again on that road or anywhere else. It was the scariest thing that ever happened to me. I ran home crying in panicked tears, and I am not ashamed to tell you about it. I couldn't bring myself to run at night again for a month. 
a month for the rest of my life. Right. And I just have to say, Dana, the first two stories are home adjacent because, like I said, it, it's hard for me to stay on track. And, and also, you're the one who chose this topic. The past two topics you've chosen, which is fine, but somehow the past two topics you've chosen, and yet you're the one who's like, I did this, but then I said, a little bit spice to it. A little different. <laughs> yeah. She was running home or running from home. So home was in this story. Mm-hmm. So there. Yeah, no, I don't think I would be running at night alone. Me either. Nor would I be running in the the fields. Not the fields, but I mean like... If... Fields adjacent? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, I feel more comfortable running in an area that has lots of homes. I don't want to run in the country at night. Like, no. I, I know it sounds safer and it probably is safer, but... It sounds more terrifying. And I think the thing is, well, in general, running as like a female presenting individual is a risk inherently, which is the stupidest thing in the whole entire world. I'm not going to get into that. I'll get off my soapbox about that. But I think the fear, because I have the same fear as you do, stems not from the true crime aspect of it, for me at least, but more of the sense of like the X-Files and the creepy shows we watched growing up. And I just picture something reaching out and grabbing you and taking you in. Oh, totally. Or the ground opening up and the red-eyed children being there. The black-eyed children. I Um, still go to true crime. Like, there's still somebody waiting in the corn bushes to come get her corn, whatever it's called. There I have my field of corn bushes. (laughs) Corn on the bush? Um, No, but no, I agree in that aspect, running running alone is always, I hear so many horror stories and it's terrifying and heartbreaking. And even when you're with someone, weird weird stuff can happen. When I was younger, I had a friend for over in middle school. We were walking by the cemetery. And in our previous recording, I had talked about how my creepy home alone stories with babysitting. Because like that's, that's when I always get, which is hysterical, which happened with you when you're like with your kid. My always fear is not when I'm home alone in my house when I'm home alone in other people's houses like house sitting or nannying or babysitting we had childhood friends who are still our best friends now their house and our dog sit and house sit for them had a Florida room which is basically like enclosed porch area but instead of like walls it had like walls of sliding glass doors daytime beautiful the best room to be in on that couch reading with all the sun coming in nighttime the house of horrors because all you would see is all like the trees moving in the shadows and I'm like oh someone's out there watching me but I was talking about on the phone one time I was on the phone with my friend Crystal from middle school and the phone lines crossed with someone else I was like on a landline I heard a man's voice and this is the same time that when a stranger called came out the newer one obviously which is like the calls from coming from inside the house. And so we freaked out. And I was surprised to find out that for a second time, a experience with more paranormal aspect happened with the same friend from middle school, Crystal. We were walking by the cemetery in our house. And the way it was, it used to be 
our house, our backyard, the wood, like a small wood wooded area, and then the cemetery. We could walk from the backyard through the woods to the cemetery, but then they knocked down the woods to make make another road with a single street with some more houses. And so Chris and I are walking there, and we see someone walking towards us, and it's nighttime, so all the light we see is from the street lamp. So they're bathed in the street lamp, and they're kind of like a wash in. My memory has it where they're awash in a coral color, like they're whole, almost like a tracksuit type thing, but they're all like almost like monochromatic in color. But they're yeah, face- I think they also call her the white lady. Also, I called her the limping lady because she was walking towards us in a limping gait, like halted gait, and we were like, maybe someone's hurt. Remember, they're just like doing their exercise, like maybe like, you know, whatever. We pause in our walk, just like, who is this coming towards us? Because. Our neighborhood is fairly was fairly small growing up. It was a city, but like it was a suburban area. But we knew most of the, the neighbor neighbors who would like walk at night around it. We knew, you know. Yeah, we knew every almost everybody. We did. Yeah. So I'm like, who is this coming towards us? Because my brain is not registering as familiar. My brain is saying alert, alert, and rightly so because she just is coming towards us. Until suddenly, she just takes a sharp right turn into the cemetery. And not even at the entrance, but, like, along the side of it, which has, like, thick trees and bushes there. So not not just, like, not a walkway in there. And she's, like, just disappeared. And Crystal and I, Crystal and I screamed and started running home. And I came <laughs> to say, I did pee my pants in fear. And that's who I was as a child. Whatever, I own up to it. But when you were reading this over, because you read the story again last night, but listening to it again in the light of day, something struck different with me is how she cried. Seeing this figure person just running towards her. But it's like some part of her body reacted to that with the tears. Like, for what she cried, her body was being like, hi, at some base instinct, this terror is registering with me and the emotions and the reactions, whether she's aware of why it's reacting or not. That's so true. So I have my first story. It kind of, which actually is in a home. Who does that? I'm alone. <laughs> when I was younger, my parents would frequently go run errands in the neighboring city. And they would be gone most of the day from morning into night. Our living room was in a spot where you would have to walk through it to get from the back door to reach either the front door or my parents' bedroom. You would walk between the couch and the TV while doing so. So I was home alone. And my dad comes through the back door, walks in front of me as he crosses the room, and enters his and my mom's room. Then he came back out walked across my field of vision once again, and left through the back door. He didn't look at me, look at the TV, or really do anything besides walk across the room in both directions. When he came home later, I asked him what he came for or forgot anything. He honestly had no clue what I was talking about. They were an hour and a half away, and coming home for something they forgot would have not made any sense. He was also wearing completely different clothes when I spoke with him compared to when I 
saw him earlier. Such a strange experience, and I only saw it that one time. That is so eerie. Because not only do I think that, well, I wonder to myself, could it have been somebody else? Like a doppelganger type thing? No, I didn't think about this last night again, like, but hearing the story again, I just thought maybe it was some last night I'm thinking paranormal Mm -hmm. because they saw this person cross in front of them. They saw them. Yeah. Go to the room and then they saw them go past. But you know, when you're like, this person was focused on the TV, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. So when you're focused on something, you're not like staring the person down, right? You see the person pass by you and whatever. But like, could it have been somebody in the home? Well, what the person, I don't know, wouldn't they have like reacted to them at all, maybe? Not if they're cuckoo-cuckoo-choo. True, that is something else. Because like, I'm assuming the person, we got a lot of these from like Reddit and stuff like that. I'm assuming the person who experienced this, they were sitting on the couch watching the TV, and their father walked in front. I thought differently this time, because first of all, like a doppelganger kind of thing. But then I thought almost like, you know how they always say time isn't linear? Almost people think it's not linear. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, what if, like, it just, like, folded over or something happened or either, like, parallel universe or another moment kind of, like, reliving itself, like, touching yeah, kind of thing. and so like his father's just like walking by, and maybe his father in that memory or that time, or that thing sees the the redditor, the person sitting on the couch, and it's like I saw you on the couch all of a sudden. Like, what if they're an apparition to the father at that time? That would be very bizarre too. Like in their timeline. Yeah, or that memory or something that never happened or happened before. Like, maybe that didn't say anything. But, like, one time I was crossing over there and I thought I saw you on the couch, but you were at school that day or you were away or, you know, I don't have a son, you know, this other. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So strange. Okay, so next one that's also not home alone. Right. This one <laughs> is also home adjacent. It's it's church. So this is her church home. Maybe this is where. This is where her art. Right. The house of our father. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. She goes on to say, ooh, showtime. When I was younger, I used to participate in this program through my church called Music Scholarship. The general scheme was that each participant would record playing their instrument they would take lessons on, submit the tape, and receive funding for further lessons. Okay. Every year, my piano teacher and I would work hard at it and record using his high-end recording equipment that he took expert care of because of its value. Anyway, this time around, he had somewhere to be when I needed to record. Naturally, he trusted me with the equipment and gave, gave it to me with complete instructions on how to operate. I always recorded in the choir loft of my church, so... I was there one night happily playing the piano and recording when I heard someone call my name. I'm there alone, mind you, so of course I freak out. Well, I shut the tape off and went to listen back to the recording to hear it again. When the recording got to the part where I heard my name being called, the whole system blows out. Microphones, speakers, headphones, recorder, hard drive, all gone. 
and dead in the water. I called my teacher in a panic. He was able to stop by and pick up the equipment and get something to record on. Later, he took the equipment to a computer repair shop that also did music equipment, and the whole system was fine, save for that one track with my name on it. It was totally corrupted and permanently stuck to the drive. That's the most unexplained thing I've got for you. That is so weird. I know. I don't know. What happened that, like, with that sound? Right. She heard her name, and then she couldn't even, like, play it back to hear it. Yeah, it said, nope, you don't get to hear it. That's all you get. One time. Ugh, that would be so frustrating to me. <laughs> that would be so frustrating. Oh, my God. I just wiped my eye. I forgot I had makeup on. That's the worst. Don't you hate when you do that? I had mascara and, oh, on. Oh, because, like, wipe it so well. You're like, are you kidding? Oh, you know when you Not- get those good eye rubs? Oh, and the, yeah, I had one of those, and I'm like really into it. And then I'm like, wait a second, I got makeup on. Yeah, Ugh, the worst. Anyways, sorry, your turn. Okay. No, don't worry about it. Here's my story. Now we're on. No one knows anything at this. Point. <laughs> All new for everyone. I am not the type to believe in ghosts, but this happened to me, and I have no explanation. My mother passed away in 2016 at the age of 56 of cancer. She was in hospice and she died in her home. One of her favorite songs was Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which I added to her memorial video. Fast forward months later, and I'm cleaning out her house of her belongings by myself. There's no one else there. At one point, I have an emotional breakdown and step outside to collect myself. When I return, I hear music coming from the other side of the house, which immediately struck me as weird, as not only was I there alone, but the electricity in the house was shut off. (gasps) I follow the music to a bookshelf, where I find it emanating from a snow globe. It's motion activated and only plays when picked up. The song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh, that's a nice one, Dana. Isn't it creepy, though? It it's is. Not, like her mom comforting her, like, being like, it's, everything's okay. Right, right. It would definitely be spooky in the moment, but, like, also really sweet. Yeah, I, I think when, like, yeah, the house is, like, when you're there alone, though, terrifying terrifying i'm like thank you. no thank you no thank you right try again later when somebody else is here right thank you so much but also I feel like she said her her breakdown and then it happened so i feel yeah. like that's really sweet. her mom's like hey like you know i'm sorry this is happening but like i'm still here with you yeah i agree dana that is really sweet sorry all right when i was 19 my parents and brother had gone away for the weekend and I stayed behind. I had a pretty rough night and was very drunk. I decided to reinvent myself and cut off all my long hair drunkenly because I was moving away for university the following week. When I finished rinsing the fresh cut hair off my neck in the shower, I felt I left the bathroom to find a note in the hallway that said, I was going to leave you a note, but I see that you are here. 
naturally, I was walking around my house naked as I thought I was alone. But when I opened the door to my room, there was a guy with his hair in his face, standing in the middle of the room, grinning at me. Are you kidding? I'm scared just rereading this. I freaked out and screamed bloody murder as one tends to do when they're a naked 19-year-old girl encountering an unexpected stranger in their empty house at 2.30 a.m. until I recognized him. It was this boy I had dated in my first year of high school, three years previously for two weeks, until he ran away from home. Turns out he had heard I was moving away and just wanted to talk. He didn't hurt me or threaten me in any way, other than breaking into my house in the middle of the night. He handed me some clothes from my bed, and we chatted until he eventually left. We chatted? Uh, Right? She found out later that he'd been institutionalized, but poor guy, A, B, poor freaking girl. I beg, we can talk in the light of day when you haven't broken into my house. I know. Poor thing was naked. Naked as the day she was born. Yeah. No. I would not be okay with that. I, let me try to think what I would do. Well, I didn't cry. I would burst into tears. Like, I almost cried thinking about it just now. Yeah, that was really scary. And hair in his face? Why? Why? Forward, you know? But like, and grinning. No. Grinning. grinning. And being like, oh, I I wanted to leave you know, but I see you're here. And it's 2.30 in the morning. Who comes into somebody's house at 2.30 in the morning? He, he was unwell, and I wish I wish him all the best and that he got the help he needed, and he is of sound mind now because, no, thank you. Leave a note on the door. Right? Uh, was the door locked? Yeah. I don't know. It didn't say, but I would assume not. Ugh. Well, Megan, I hated that. I'm so sorry. Okay, my next one. All of these, like I said, are kind of very short, but they're they're good, you know? Yeah. I was babysitting my niece <laughs> when she was two years old. My sister was renting a very old house that was built in the 1930s. I'm alone in the place with her while my sister's working overnight. It's about 11 p.m., and she's been asleep for a couple hours at this point. I'm watching TV in the living room, and I see her running down the dark hallway. She stops just before the entryway to the living room, and I jokingly say, you better get back to bed or I'm going to get you. I got up to get her back into bed, and I turned the hallway light on, and I found that her bedroom door was still closed. (gasps) I open it to find my niece completely passed out in her bed, drooling and everything. It wasn't my niece that I saw in the hallway. So I took her to sleep with me that night. Same. It's the running. The running. Right? Oh, God, no. Rabbi and I were talking because we work for the same family at this point. And the kids are the youngest. They're 18 months old. And Abby was getting one of them up from their nap. 
and they use like the sleep sacks to sleep in. Mm-hmm. It's like a zipper blanket, so really a safe way of sleeping. And she's like, "Okay, go turn off your sound machine." And she's tempted to jump off her nap, so she's like, "You know what? I'm gonna crawl over there." And Effie's like seeing her crawl in the darkness was terrifying. He's like, I know you and I love you, but dear God, that was terrifying. Dana, when do they get out of, when do people stop saying months? Probably like two years. Just because like with, uh, with like children and stuff like that, like a year can be anywhere, obviously from 12 months to like 24 months. But with like milestones and things like that and other like with children, each month has such big changes and stuff. Right. Like, that it is actually like a valuable asset to be like, oh, they're th- these many months old because with like walking and talking and things like that, obviously every kid is different, but the like universal milestone type things and by this many months, they should be doing this or they should be, they can, be, they can eat this now or drink water now. Right, right, right. I, oh. I hear you. And that makes sense. I I think that I would just be like, oh, they're a little over a year. I do that sometimes, but like when I'm talking to different people, like I like I'll do like, oh, they're they're about a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, most people say, oh yeah, they're eighteen months. Oh yeah, they're yeah five hundred months. Whatever. I know years. What I I normally stop at two years because like by two it's pretty much like slow down. Like the, yeah, the the charts like that. You're on your own, Kate. You always. I'm going to see her in May. Are you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exciting. I'm going to sob my eyes out. That's fun. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. Good, good, good. Ready for the next one, Dane? No, but I give it to me. All right. I work as an executive in a pretty prominent business. I won't mention it, but just know that my job is very, very stressful and takes up nearly all of my free time. I do get a couple of weeks of vacation every year. When I take it, I tend to go out and spend all of my time by myself. It's exactly what I need in order to recharge my batteries and get myself back in the frame of mind for work. Is this person you? (laughs) I need to introvert, guys. (laughs) Nowadays, I take my vacations in urban areas. But this wasn't always the case. In fact, I used to take my vacations in the hills. I would rent a nice cabin in the middle of nowhere and then just spend all my time alone. After two weeks of this, I was so ready to get back to work with enough energy to last for another year. That sounds terrible, Dana, to to like live your life for work. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then just have two weeks out of the year to live. I mean, if it works for them, that's fine. Um, I'm talking about for me, I cannot do that. Yeah, no, I need, I am like an ambivert. I, I, I linger between extrovert and introvert. I feel with the pandemic, my introvert side, like won out so much more. Um, but yeah, I I can see the sense of recharging for two weeks. So it's all you get two weeks and then you're like alone for that long. And they're like, okay, now back to the grind for another like year. Yeah, no. That like even working emotionally and physically. Right. Yeah, Ray, thank God Ray is just like me, where we both need 
our own time to like introvert and just be by ourselves because I could not, I couldn't be with somebody that wanted to be with me 24 seven. Abby's I, pretty much like she likes to be with me all the time, but not all, but like not like to the point where it's like, I can't do this all the time. But like when I come home from work, I'm like, hi, I need 10 minutes to literally just be alone and let my body just lay here. And I'm like, okay, good to go now again. But like you said, it's always going to have a balance because otherwise it's not good. Yeah. So this guy, he's working. He's taking his vacation. Okay. So nowadays he vacations in the urban areas because of this experience. I'll tell you why I don't do this anymore. A few years back, I was very, very exhausted. I rented a nice secluded cabin and was getting ready to have a nice time just reading a few good books by the fire. I don't want to mention exactly where this happened, but I can tell you it was very far from civilization. I preferred this because I got to see more wildlife. Wildlife. Can I just say something real quick? Yeah. I actually do love the thought of like going off the beaten path. For a vacation, I'm not going to lie. I would love to do a cabin type thing. But I think my thing is, it's the alone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally get you. Mom and I stayed in a cabin in Georgia. And it was the two of us. But it was like pretty secluded. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And it was like when it was nighttime, it was really dark. And I was actually afraid. And we heard some things out there. And you told us to watch 47 meters down that night. Mm -hmm. And we were screaming out loud in the cabin. And it was terrifying at night. Because there were no other lights around, I guess. Yeah. And so I think, I think like, for the sake of it, like, I do like the thought of it. But not by myself. So that's what I would, I would, I would make, bring that ca caveat there. So. Same, same, same. I, I don't know. Maybe I can do it. But see, I say that in the light of day. I say that in the light of day. Yeah. I don't want to mention exactly where this happened, but I can tell you it was very far from civilization. I preferred this because I got to see more wildlife. But also, it was too far out for any real contact with the outside world. The company I rented the cabin from was in the closest town over an hour and a half drive down the mountain from the cabin. Jeez Louise. An hour and a half away. See, that's a little too far for me. Yeah. There were no phone lines or even a radio. The only way to communicate would be to get in my trunk, not trunk, truck. <laughs> in my trunk and pray and hopefully <laughs> someone hears me. <laughs> and drive into town. Now, there were other cabins in the hills in this area. So although it wasn't usual, it was completely possible to see someone out in the woods. A few days into my vacation, I was sitting on the porch reading a book and having a drink. This was around mid-morning or noon. I heard a noise off in the distance and really didn't think much about it. But when I heard it, when I heard more rustling, I finally turned in the direction of the noise. I noticed that there was a person out in the trees. Mm -hmm. He wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary, and I assumed he was just a hiker. When he noticed that I noticed him, he raised his hand and gave me a wave. I gave him a friendly wave back. 
He was the first person I had seen in a few days, and I have to admit, it was kind of nice not to think that I was the only person in the world. He walked off, and I went back to reading my book. I wasn't really paying attention to the time passing. However, I had gotten through a substantial portion of the book before I once again heard a rustling in the woods. This time I looked up at the first noise. It was the man from before, and he was in the same spot as before. Now, I acknowledged him with a nod of my head. This time, though, he didn't nod or wave or anything like that. He just stood there and stared at me. I mean, it may have seemed longer to me than it was, but it seemed like the guy was watching me for quite a long time. Finally, he left again. I wasn't sure what to think about what happened. I was slightly unnerved, but I still had no reason to be worried. A guy staring at you for a few moments could be for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Middle. Oh, no. What? No. What? No. It's like one time. Okay, hi. You're walking by. Two times. I think it's like he's not just looking at you. He's standing there looking at you. Right. Right. So it's like one thing. He's like if he's moving by, like oh hi, I'm walking by, and I happen to pass your place twice. That's fine, you know? Yeah, and he doesn't even, like, pretend, like, oh, oops, he caught me, you know? No. Nope, he just stands there and stares. Yeah. But I decided it was weird enough that I no longer wanted to be outside on my porch. I grabbed my book and my drink, went into the house, even though I felt like a ninny doing it. No. I, I locked the front door also. The rest of the day went by fine without me hearing or seeing anything again. But around 10 p.m. that night, I heard some odd sounds coming from my driveway. Remembering seeing the guy around, I got a little nervous. I went and took my flashlight and went onto the porch. Would you? Not at all. Not at all. Continue on, sorry. I shined the light, trying to see if the guy had come back again. I walked around the side of the cabin and the back, looking all around. Sorry if you heard that really loud car in the background. It's okay. That was my heart racing. <laughs> I saw some movements coming from among some of the bushes. And even though I had no reason to believe that it might have been him, I did get a bit apprehensive. Well, you're outside in the freaking woods with a flashlight. Right. I hurried back into the house and locked the door. I have to admit, being a bundle of nerves. But I had some scotch, and I knew that I would feel better after, after having a couple of drinks. Well, I did a bit more than, I, than that, I guess. In fact, I got so tipsy that I stumbled into my room and passed out. I got up a couple of hours later and got up to go to the bathroom. God. I walked through the living room and to the bathroom, not turning on any of the lights. I peed and went back to bed. Of course, I woke up. I'm so afraid of what's happening. <laughs> of course, I woke up in the morning with a headache. I was lucky I was on vacation, so I didn't have to do much. I got up and I walked into the living room. Two things caught my attention. First, 
my front door was unlocked. Second, there was a note tacked to the front door. No. It read simply, You might want to keep the light on. You walked right by me for your piss break. Needless to mention, I left the cabin that day. Are and- you kidding? <laughs> and have never gone back to the hills. Can you believe that? Oh. <laughs> oh my god. That is so scary, Dana. Yeah, that's so so scary. The fact that like he didn't hear him or like see him and he was just doing his thing and thinking that he's completely safe inside his locked cabin. He wasn't. Megan. He didn't hear anyone like breathing. Or just existing. The guy was so quiet. Right? Yeah. You know what this reminds me of that's not scary, but it is scary, but in its own way. What? The story that I said to you the other day of that poor girl. Oh, my gosh. Please. It was so terrible, guys. This poor girl was, like, staying at her boyfriend's house and had to go to the bathroom in the middle middle of the night. And so, you know, when you're going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, most of us don't turn on a light because it kind of shocks you awake. Yeah. So she goes to the bathroom in the dark and she sits down on the toilet to pee, but she does not sit on the toilet. She sits on her boyfriend's father's. Stepfather. Oh, stepfather's lap. Ah. 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 Because he was on the potty. Because he too had to go to the bathroom in the dark. And like I go to the bathroom in the nighttime. I bring my like, my phone, I guess, flashlight with me. But, Dana? Yeah? I can promise you I would leave that night. Well, it did say it was her ex-boyfriend. I know. I know. I was thinking, was that the reason why you broke up? I was like, I honestly, I wouldn't put it past you. I wouldn't I wouldn't hold it against you. It's my turn. I have two more. You, so you have one more after this? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Okay. So this one I have is a bit of a longer one but they're good this one is the are alone surprise surprise dana before you start was that one was the last one home alone? no this person was on vacation so it technically wasn't home either wow okay i'm ready but they were they were in a they were in a home alone that's true all right i'm doing better good job i'm doing better i am proud of you thank you okay i used to live in a small house on a large ranch that was fairly old. I can't remember exactly when it was built. 1930s, I think. When we bought the house, it was pretty much just the walls. We had to redo all the electricity, the plumbing ourselves, rebuild some of the roof, etc. So, full redo. When I was around seven or eight, I was reading a book in my bed. At the time, I was alone in my house. My family was all outside in the yard. I heard some creaking on the floor near the doorway. But I shrugged it off as a mice, as a mice. But I shrugged it off as a mice or something. A mouse. A mouse. Uh, I shrugged it off as a mouse. Well, I shrugged that off, but whatever. The floors creaked some more, but I continued to ignore it. Then I felt the bed move slightly behind me, and I quickly turned my head around to find nobody there. The blankets looked like they were moved slightly from what I remember, and it looked like there was a dent in them, like there was a pressure against it. 
I was getting a little uncomfortable then and moved a couple inches away, but still sat on the bed. After a couple minutes of staring at the moved blanket, I went back to reading. But a few seconds later, I swear to God and everything else that's holy, I felt a hand grab my shoulder. I, it was a very light hold, but it was tight enough to definitely be noticeable. Suffice to say, like the brave little, like the brave seven-year-old girl I was, I screamed, jumped off the bed, and blindly threw my book at the thing. Good girl. The book, of course, hit the wall, and there's still nothing there. But the blankets looked even more moved now, but that could have been from me moving in the bed. And the dent of the bed was even closer to where I was sitting. I stared at the bed for a few moments in fear and then ran through the house and fell out the door. I'm scared. So I was too freaked out to tell my parents about it and slightly embarrassed. I told them a few months later, but I don't think they believed me. From then on, I always avoided being alone in the house. And was very happy when we moved out a few years later. I didn't have any experiences quite like that, but I had a strange one that probably could be explained, but still freaked me out. About a year or so after that experience, I was outside by myself at night, grabbing my dad's wallet out of the car for him. It wasn't a big. It wasn't that big of a deal. Our house was surrounded by thick woods, and our closest neighbors were a couple good miles away from our house. And the car was parked a few feet away from the front door. Not too far, but far enough to take a few minutes to get there and back. So anyway, after I got in the wallet and was making my way back to the house, I heard a weird noise coming from the woods. I stopped for a minute to listen. And the noise, yeah? You knew I was going to say something. I just had to say, she's seven years old. At this point, she's probably like eight. Or okay. nine. She said she was about seven or eight in the first one. This is a year later. She's like eight or nine now. Okay. She's walking out to get her dad's wallet from the car. Not that big of a deal. Go to the wallet, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's walking back, and there's a noise. It sounds like a human crying out, as if in pain. Then, the wailing stopped. And after a minute, it sounded like someone was laughing. No. And it was echoing in the woods in a way that scared the crap out. I ran to the house and told my parents about it. So my dad went outside to check on it. He came back a few minutes later and said he didn't hear anything. And I was clearly freaked out. So my mom told me it was probably just an animal and left it at that. It probably was an animal. Or maybe paranoia was getting better of me. But it still kept me up that night nonetheless. That is so scary. That poor girl. Right. I'd be scared. doesn't matter what age you are. Hearing no. something like that. Like pain and then laughter. Right? Yeah. Oof. Dana, that was a good one. Thank you. The bed would scare me too because that's like where you go to relax. As a child, I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. But as a child, I was like, let's get in bed and read in the sunlight. That was like my jam. So if something happened in my safe, my safe spot, no. Right? Uh Uh-uh. All right, this is my last one. Okay. 
I wasn't technically home alone. My friend was spending the night at my house. Bernadette, <laughs> are you laughing at me? Yes. I know. I know. It's supposed to be home alone, but she's kind of home alone. She's uh-huh. with her friend. Her friend is her friend is staying with her at her house alone, right? Yes, you're fine. I wasn't technically home alone. My friend was spending the night at my house while our parents stayed the night at a resort about an hour away. I say technically because she fell asleep around 11 p.m. I was 15 at the time. She was 14. I was still up watching low-budget sci-fi movies on TV. Same girl, same. (laughs) And eating cold pizza. As it neared 1 a.m., I started getting a really weird feeling. I couldn't put my finger on it. I just felt uncomfortable. I ignored it for a while until I until it got unbearable, and I realized that it felt like someone was watching me. My dad had been fixing some windows around the house during the day and had removed a bunch of the blinds, making an unobstructed view into our house. But we lived in a quiet suburban neighborhood at the time, so no one thought anything of it. I got up to walk around, trying to take my mind off what I was feeling. But as I neared the window on the other side of the living room where I'd been sitting all night and my friend was still sleeping, I saw something weird on the glass. A foggy spot, maybe (laughs) six inches in diameter, and it was getting bigger, then shrinking, then growing again every second. At that time, I was so wired with paranoia that I couldn't figure out what it was. I put my face just an inch from the window. Sorry. (laughs) Studying it and called out for my friend. I told her to hit the switch for the security lights. The foggy spot was breath, and I was staring into a man's face just on the other side of the glass only centimeters away from it. My friend ran into the kitchen screaming while I stumbled backward in shock. I scrambled for my phone and called my parents and grabbed the knife still on the coffee table from dinner and held it up with a shaking hand. He pressed his palm against the window, still staring at me, and then disappeared into the dark. My neighbors, shotgun in hand, showed up in less than two minutes. My parents had called them and stayed with us for the until my parents arrived. Good for them. No one found anything of the man except for footprints in the garden bed. We moved a few months later. Oh, that is so scary to me, Dana. Megan, this, really, is my, this is one of my biggest nightmares. Me too, Dana. Looking out the window and seeing somebody looking back at you. No. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay, here we go. This is all of mine were from like Reddit kind of stories. But this one is two in one. So I'm going to say, I have two stories. So this will be a little long. So a nice little long one to end the campfire session with. Story one. I was about 11, maybe 12. I got off the school bus one day and walked home. By the time I got home, I needed to use the bathroom. Our house was small. Think 1950s-style brick home in the southeast of the U.S. in a quiet rural neighborhood. Three bedrooms, one bath, kitchen, living room, and about 
a thousand square feet, so not many places for anyone to hide inside the house. I walked in the back door and I sat my books down and I immediately headed for the bathroom. I'm sitting on the toilet on this nice sunny day, just doing my thing, and I hear my name called from out at the door, and the voice sounded like it came from the end of the short hallway that runs down the middle of the house. The voice called me by my childhood nickname and sounded like my mom. Only my mom was at work and I was completely alone in the house. I froze. I didn't know what to do as I was absolutely sure there was a burglar in the house. I finished as quickly as possible and went over to the bathroom door, sure that when I opened it, I was going to find some woman in the house. I looked to my right and to my left, and then there was no one there. I got out of the house and waited outside for my mom to get home. When she pulled into the driveway, I told her what had happened, and she checked the house, and there was nobody there. She said I was hearing things, and it was all in my mind. Maybe it was. Forward, fast forward to story number two. I was in the seventh or eighth grade. I was home alone in that same house. My parents were gone for the day, and it was the weekend. It was cold and dreary outside, and I decided to do my homework. I sat down at the kitchen table and laid my books out and my notebook. To my left, in the small house, was the hallway. If you walked in the hallway, on the right side is the bathroom, and then my bedroom. On the left side of the hallway is my parents' bedroom and my brother's bedroom. Kind of like our old house, it feels like. Yeah. That's it. Small house. My brother worked all the time and was a lot older, so he wasn't home either. The house was dead silent. The house had that midday, low, hazy, dreary lighting effect to it due to the weather and not a lot of windows, which added to the peacefulness of the day. Peacefulness, you say? Not for me. I like windows. I was working on homework and everything was fine, and I was enjoying the time alone. From the end of the hallway to my left, a woman said my name again. Again, it was my childhood nickname, and it was clear as day. My blood ran cold, and I froze. I looked to my left to the end of the hallway, and I saw nothing. My jacket was nearby, and in one swift movement, I, quick, I, I quickly closed my books and grabbed my jacket as my heart was in my throat. I started to cry with fear. I headed directly out the back door without looking back. I went to stand alone in the garage out back and sat on my dad's red lawnmower and watched the back door to see if anyone came out of the house, although it would be impossible for anyone to be in the house other than myself because my family were the only people who had been home all day. I sat there shivering for hours until my parents got home. As soon as I pulled into the driveway, I ran to meet them and told them what had happened. They checked the house and found nothing and said it was my imagination. My mother still lives in the house, and I live with her to help her now that she's elderly. My father died several years ago. My mom always heard dad calling her name from the living room and talks about it often. She would go to the living room to ask him what he wanted, and he hadn't called her name. She still says it's her imagination. No, girl. Yeah. That is not your imagination. They're all hearing it. They're all hearing it. So, like, they're hearing different. I think it's a, I think it's the childhood nickname thing that's too that's you know different. Yeah, something like I don't know, scary, like, scary. So yeah, that's it. I loved it, Dana. 
I I'm very like for this one for next for next week for next month. I know topic. You kind of come up with one. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I answered and yawned. Sorry. It'll be my turn. Let's see if Megan can stick to the topic this time. We'll see. Until then, everyone. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod, and you can email us at Scary Sisters Pod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, concerns, or if you want to tell us a scary story that you have that you'd like for us to share on the podcast. And Dana, until then, stay safe and stay spooky. Love you. Bye. Bye. Oh.